Did you guys get the memo that everyone that shopped at Target last quarter shopped at Walmart this quarter? Wow. One company's doing great. The other's in a recession. Target's in a recession. We'll talk about the retail earnings. CCL hits us with an offering. Shocker. The battle for 4,000 rages on. Dennis creates a tweet storm about the market. What stocks to buy, what stocks not to buy. And Craig Johnson comes out at 835 and sets us all straight and tells us what to do in the markets. This is pre-market prep on a Wednesday. Let's get it going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, let's get it started here. The battle of 4,000 in the S&Ps rages on. Uh, we're down a buck 75 at 97.75. That'd be 39.97.75. Spent some time higher, 40.15.75. That's your pre-market high, nothing there. 39.80.50. That's your pre-market low, nothing there. Uh, the buck is down. The buck is down 33 cents. So that's a good thing. 105.96. TLT, ah, this trading up fractionally. Uh, crude uh, rallied off the missile strike, back down, down 22 cents at 86.69. Gold keeps keeps asking me to short it, but I'm not doing it. Up 650 at 1783.20. Silver in the green by 39 cents at 21.91. Bitcoin. I got a good feeling for this Bitcoin chart. We'll talk about that in a little bit. That's down 365 at 16,335. And Ethereum is going the same way. That's down $41 at 11,9750. We got Triple D not wearing his new shirt from Walmart, which is very disappointing. Let's bring in. Uh, <laughs> you want to D. see that? Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of wager. What what was that? <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to talk about the shirt. The shirt will come back another time. If you want to go see the shirt, you got to go to my Twitter account at Triple D Trader. But um, let's talk about the okay. Let's bring in Money Mitch. Let's bring in Money Mitch. Money Mitch lurking in the back. Maybe you could show the tweet. The tweet storm. I did not think this one was going to cause a storm. I didn't mention Bitcoin. I didn't mention GameStop. I didn't mention AMC. But somehow I caused a Twitter storm, and everybody's mad at me anyway. So show the tweet that I made everybody mad. I got you right now. Uh, I got you right now. Two seconds here. I uh, got a little distracted and I was like, why do I have Twitter open Distracted? Again? <laughs> it's because, you, right. you know, your pizza shirt, but. Oh, that shirt. Going. Oh, my gosh. Go to the shirt. Oh, you're looking through all my Twitter. All right. All right. Anyway, so right here. Storm right there. That's the one. This is all I tweeted. It's just saying, hey. It's hard Tina, to justify. Tina's gone. Hey, Tina left the building. 18 times earnings. For stocks, Powell shot Tina. You can get five percent risk-free, risk-free team. Yeah. So, I, well, that's what I all I'm saying. So it's so the tweet was, and you can read it there. It's just for the people who are listening on SoundCloud. It's hard to justify paying 18 times earnings for stocks when you can get five percent risk-free. So all let, I'm saying. Let me read some of these. It, in summary, it's going to be interesting too because you get you get of course risk-free. You don't strike me it's as not a, risk free. Oh, the worried. U.S. government's going to default. And you're not going to get paid. Well, then I don't want to own stocks. <laughs> you don't strike me as the kind <laughs> the of guy that's gonna... wowed by five percent taxable for twelve month return, Dennis. You don't. You don't strike me like Ooh. that guy. Um... <laughs> There's 112 comments. You can keep going through, and, and the Bitcoin oh, people have somehow turned this into a Bitcoin thing. Somehow this tweet <laughs> turned into Bitcoin. I don't know how, but it turned into Bitcoin. They turned the whole thing into a Bitcoin. You hate Bitcoin argument. I don't know how I, that tweet meant that I hate Bitcoin, but in, in, in any is, regard, man. Dennis, two things. There was, there was two multiple people here. arguing Number to one. me that the U.S. government's going to default on their debt, and you're not going to get paid that five percent. So it's not risk free. 
if the U.S. government defaults on their debt, your stocks are not going to be up anymore. This was an argument of, of cash over stocks. If you have the U.S. government defaulting, you think your stocks are making new all-time highs? So let's think before we tweet. So all I'm arguing okay. here, simplistic to explain to the people who can't read between the lines. Tina is dead. There is an alternative out there. And that means people are likely to pay less for stocks. Multiple compression is likely here for the foreseeable future because in the last month, we've had multiple expansion. This recent rally is not because of, oh, earnings are exploding. The Dow's up 20% this month, folks. Caterpillar is almost at a new all-time high. Goldman Sachs is within striking distance, I mean, of an all-time high here. Yeah, it's still 10% off the all-time high. But, I mean, it just came back 20 A lot of these stocks are back 20%. So if you're buying Goldman here, if you're buying Caterpillar here at basically an all-time high, you're buying Deer, not far off of all-time highs, you're, you're basically saying that this economy is going into a V bottom or going back to business as usual. This was the same argument that I gave in August, and we know what happened after that. The market imploded. This market is just overdone in a lot of stocks. Some stocks not, but a lot of stocks you know, look, do you see GE, Joel? Do you see the rally that General Electric has had? Ooh, I do. Look at GE. Yeah, I do. I, I Those know. sneaky straight industrials. Up, straight up. Yeah, where's that? 14 bucks? Up, 30%. <laughs> straight up in a month. These are big moves, folks. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time to just say, hey, this is a pretty good move. This has been a pretty good trade. Maybe it's time to ring the register because you know what? You can have a target come out. And we said this yesterday, too, and we've been right about this. I said, I would sell. This is what I said yesterday on the show, if you rewind the tape. I would sell Target before this earnings report. Because one, the bar just got raised. And two, we don't know what they're going to report. And the stock is up 20% in a week. Everybody who held that gave it all back. In one day. Gone. Boom. Gone. That's this market. It does a rug pull. When the rug pull happens, we don't know. But, I mean, holding through earnings right now after a 20% run in your stock, because, you know, maybe it's not quite 152. People say, oh, it wasn't 20%. It's 152, and it only got to 180. That's only 18%. You're a liar, Dennis. That's what they do, because they have to go get you. But, <laughs> all, um, right, all right, but Dennis. I'm what I'm saying here. is want, we've had a good want, run in a lot of stocks. A couple things. I want, go. There's a couple things I want to say. Number one, if Elon Musk calls you to run Twitter or be part of Twitter, you consult with me first, okay? You seem to ignite a Twitter storm there, okay? Second of all, (laughs) Dennis is not saying necessarily not to buy uh, stocks. He's not telling you that. What he's saying is that the risk-reward ratio at these levels is not nearly as favorable as they were in the past. So if you're buying uh, Goldman Sachs at 385, or 383 here, you know, don't wait till, you know, 360 to figure out you're wrong. That's so that's what he's saying. You know, maybe you want to give yourself a little bit more room if you're going in at these levels. So, you know, you can look at that a couple different ways. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say about Bitcoin and, and I just, and they're going to switch the haters from you to me, but I'm looking at this chart and I am so tired. I can't have CNBC on anymore. I mean, this, I mean, talking about the, this is what I think is going to happen with Bitcoin. I'm going to look right instead of left. I think you're going to have a consolidation here. Maybe poke your head above 18. And then you're going to come down. You're going to take out the 15. You're going to go like the 13, five, and then you're going to bounce. And then you're going to consolidate, consolidate, consolidate. And then you're going to struggle to get over 16. And then it's going to, boom, take a nut. So I just think it's going to work its way down. I don't think that there's any, with everything that's going on, I mean, we know what happens with, we know what happens with overvalued assets. We know what happens when stocks make a turn. We know what the charts have to say. The fundamentals are absolutely horrible. How could they be any worse right now? So I know we've been, you know, preaching the same thing for a long time. But 18,000, if I had a uh, short-term trade on here to the long side, I'd be praying for 18,000 and not and not taking out the low. So we covered a lot there. Let's go to, Back what do we want to start? Target? 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 Let's go to Target. 
All right. So, so um, should have sold yesterday when we said on the pre-market prep show that we'd be locking in those gains. We were correct. Now what? All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, uh, looks like somebody got to target. That's that's for sure. It was in Walmart. The earnings, but Mitch. Give us EPS the earnings. at $1.54, missing the $2.13 estimate. Sales at $26.52 billion, beating the $26.38 billion estimate. Target says the company believes it's prudent to plan for a wide range of sales outcomes in the fourth quarter, centered around a low single-digit decline in comparable sales and consistency. Uh, with recent trends. So no massive layoffs or benefit cuts, but they're pretty much warning for fourth quarter around a low single digit decline in comparable sales. Nothing was said good here. They will come in and probably buy this dip, maybe right in this area, this 152 and a half drill. They're trying to defend the low from November the 9th. It would not surprise me if they do because the silver lining market that we're in right now, money managers scrambling around, scared that they missed the bottom, will probably come in and buy Target. So I'm not saying come in here and sell your Target when it just fell, you know, 13% here on this print. Um, I was saying sell your Target yesterday. So I would be, if I was short Target, I'd be covering it right now. They didn't say anything good though. I don't think it's bouncing right back going up 26 bucks. I think it could bounce a bit. From uh, here. They didn't say anything good here. I like the same area that you do. You have a gap 151. Uh, the close on that day was uh, 149 and change, like 149 and a quarter. So if I, if I was short, not wanting to go long this stock, but if, if I was short... Man, I'd like to see it take out the pre-market low, and I would look at that as an area to try and try and do some buy-in. If it, you know, if it holds that, if you get that green bar right off the hop, and we hold here, and we're back over 155, then that pre-market low is going to hold. But uh, right now, fill the gap at 151. The close on that day was 149 and a quarter. Are they giving Walmart a haircut on this at all, or not? No. Not much Let's because see Walmart here. already Walmart, reported the earnings. WMT after the big day yesterday. <clears throat> oh, I know, I know, but that was just like a crazy day in Walmart. I mean, it's uh, be interesting you to see if you got to sell your peanuts while the circus is in town there too. I mean, it hit up to one fifty. Everybody's really excited, it's, and it's given I most of it back. The fade trade is still working, and you know everybody's on this momentum. Jump in, let's go bull market v bottom the fade trade has been what's working in 2022 it's been a huge move in so many stocks i'm not talking going and shortening unities and stuff stocks that are down 95 percent are going and shorten carvana here at this point i mean these things are, are way oversold still so they could have more you know squeezing they could have more rally you know stock goes from 300 to 9 it could easily go back to 9 to 20 i mean it can happen but I'm just saying on some of these value names, and we call this value rally, but some of these value names are just way overdone. Some of these names, Caterpillar P, probably 15, 16, you know, they're not expensive. Some of these stocks still aren't expensive, but the flight to them has just been overdone at this point in time. So I just think, you know, what if they said something bad news? What, you know, obviously we're through earnings season on a lot of these stocks. So maybe you're safe for the next month. Maybe we do have room to 420. Spy, it's a logical point. Maybe we're going to get Santa Claus coming to town. But I'm still taking some chips off the table because I'm not certain of that. If I was certain the Santa Claus coming to town, I'd be all in long. If I was certain that there was going to be a rug pull, I'd be all in short. But I'm not, so I'm just taking some chips off the table just in case. All right, well, let's take a look at Lowell's here coming in. Uh, company with a Q3 adjusted EPS at $3.27, beating the $3.10 estimate. Sales at $23.48 billion, beating the $23.13 billion estimate. Lowell's raised full year 22 adjusted EPS guidance from $13.10 uh, on the low end to $13.60 on the high end. Um, that's where they were at. Now they're moving it towards $13.65 on the low end and $13.80 on the high end. So a little bit of a raise there. And they did uh, see their comparable sales flat to down 1%. So that right there shows us more of that recession concern, right? Comparable a sales flat to down 1%. Yeah. 
but you know, silver lining market that it is, it's like, oh, it's pretty good. Home Depot wasn't great yesterday. Home Depot was actually down on their report before Walmart bailed them out at one point in time. Um, so, you know, the Home Depot did beat and beat, but I think I, 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 Lowe's has had a big run too. I don't know. This is just not the kind of stock I want to buy right now. It's like, oh yeah, it's so cheap. Well, is it really? Is it? I don't I don't really see it. I see a stock that's run from 180 to 212 yeah, in about 10 lower. days. I, I just I, think like the easy money has been made on the long side here. I know and people don't like to hear bearishness. They want to hear V bottom. A lot of people are buried in their long-term portfolios. They want to hear, I'm going to have all my money back in six months. It's going to be okay. I know I'm down right now, but in six months, all my stocks are coming back. My Carvana will be back at 100. My Peloton will be back at 50. My levels will be making new all-time highs. I'd love that to happen too for everyone. It's a you know it's a better trading environment when people are involved in the markets. I just don't think it's reality. I keep trying to give you guys a reality check that I don't think we're in this six-month bear market. It's just different this time. We can look at all the stats. We can go to Ryan Dietrich, read about all the stats on how the average bear market is 18 months. And you know if you hold for 18 months, you get your money back. In a lot of cases, that's not true. Uh, because in individual stocks, they don't always come back. In the market, it has been true for periods of time, but we've had some long bear markets as well. NASDAQ took 15 years to get its losses back from the 2000 to the 2000 tech bubble burst in 2002 until we finally got up to new highs in about 2013 or 2014. So maybe it was 10 to 12 years. Play crazy prices for stocks, so stocks are not coming back. I like the I don't know Lowe's. Goes Lowe's like- is a good company. Yeah, I've owned this, I think, since 2014, so I don't even know where that cost basis is, but um, this is, I like the setup here because you had three highs in the same area, so I'm just going to say you hold 211, and this has room to the upside. There's only one other daily high to keep, you know, 1584, Uh, but if this market starts to roll over, this thing doesn't um, hold 211. Look for the close. So uh, that's a you know three highs. Someone was out there selling the last three days. Now they're getting a premium to where they were selling before. Let's see if they ring the register. But uh, important to keep an eye on uh, on uh, two eleven for L O W. Advanced Auto Parts. Let's go Ooh. towards the auto se- uh, sector here. EPS at two dollars and eighty four cents, missing the three dollars and thirty four cent estimate. Sales at two point six four billion. Beating the 2.64 billion estimate uh, seems like they beat that by a slight amount there. Uh, they did lower full year 22 adjusted EPS. I'm just going to go quick on this one. One number, one number only. Uh, the low of the move, 154.46. Felt you missed the low of the move or you want to cover short? There it is for you. Dennis? Um, right there, that's your number two, 154. So I think it could balance there. I think you have money managers that are underinvested. I'm sorry, I'm stuffy. It's two months of COVID. It's awesome. Uh, 154, the nasal congestion's crazy. 154, I think you're right. That's the number. It could balance there. Buy the dippers are lurking. They're still lurking. We haven't broke them yet. So I think this is, you know, it's not an area I would sell. All right, let's keep it going. We'll go to TJX here. Uh, Q3 EPS at 91 cents, adjusted EPS at 86 cents, beating the 80 cent estimate. Sales at 12.17 billion, missing the 12.3 billion estimate. Uh, I'll go first. I mean, it hit uh, 76 yesterday. That really hasn't hit that area now. That's resistance. I don't know if there's any paper in the New York book there, but off. Above 76, uh, some room on the upside to the old-time high. It's 77.35. You'll have to check to see what the old-time closing high. But uh, not a great report. Let's see if it can take out 76. Um, They lowered guidance here. So that's something (laughs) to consider. Wow. This market, again, is in the silver lining market where sometimes they hammer you on the lowered guidance and sometimes they're like, well, you're a discount retailer, though. So uh, you do well in a recession. We'll buy your dip. So the dip was bought immediately on 72. It didn't lower it a lot. Uh, I don't know which way this one's going to go. Hard one to call. Do you like uh, maybe Roth stores a little better? What'd they say? No, I'm not just saying like they're oh, just bringing it up. I, like, I didn't even know Roth stores reported. No, just um, They're the same wise. store. TJX and Ross, same thing. TJX, Ross, um, you know, there's 
Wow, there's a pile. TJ actually has been a lot there, better. But TJ and Ross, I pair yeah. those up together. Those are good. Those are two stocks that track each other fairly close. Burlington Coat Factories in there. BRL. I don't know when they report. I think they're coming. I haven't heard from Ross or Burlington, so they're probably coming. TJX reported today. Just saw we just did the earnings. Ninety eight forty is a pair of highs in Ross stores. If you're trading that one, ninety eight forty seven was your high on Monday. Or excuse me, Friday and then 98.37 today. So that's resistance. Uh, trap door here is 94.50. You got about a three and a half buck slide down to 91.08. Uh, if you get some bad news on, I mean, all these places are the same to me. I mean, you know, I mean, they might offer different stuff and different prices, but I mean, could you could probably put me in like any one of these like big box, you know, retailers, and I couldn't, you know. Well, Target has more food. I know Target has a lot of food, and I won't be able to tell the difference between them. But um, I guess, uh, I guess, when you shop online, it's not as easy to see what the stores look like. Uh, Ross has earnings Thursday after the bell, so uh, Thursday. Okay. Yeah, so we're they, not too. They far want to cover Nvidia. I want to cover Nvidia too, Mitch. I think Nvidia is okay. very important. Reports here tonight. What a run. Let's talk NVIDIA. It's been an incredible run. Let's give this perspective. Lay the tape. In one month, NVIDIA has went from 108 to 166. It's basically up 45% in a month. It is going to report earnings tonight. It is target replay. Not saying it's going to do what target did, but saying I don't want to take the risk. If I had this on for a trade, I would not take the risk of, of carrying it through a report. I think you're actually seeing that with tar- NVIDIA weaker here today. Probably a mm-hmm. few people looking at Target and saying, oh, I don't want to look up the last month of earnings. I'm just going to lock it in right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have some weakness here ahead of the report as money managers maybe lock it in. It's been a good run. I don't know what they're going to say. The chip's actually kind of bottomed already. Maybe they're going to say something okay. I, I don't think it's going to pull a Target and give it all back. But I don't want to take the risk either. So I think I'd lock it in if I was long it. That's just my opinion. Man, it's come a long ways off that bottom. But, you know, when I when I pull up the, the upper right chart, you know, that looks like, oh, my God, look at that rally. I mean, holy mackerel. You got to ring the register here. And then I look at the bottom right chart, and I'm like, this puppy could just be getting going. Right? I mean – 346.47. Who knows if we'll see that level again? I definitely would be trimming ahead of the report. 170 looks like you got us. Uh, that was the high from yesterday. You're, I don't think you're going to get that today. We got even if the spoos rip, uh, just because uh, of you know, people sit. Why, well, if you did an intermediate trade for earnings, Dennis, you talk about the pre earnings run trade, and I know it's been a um. You know, yep. something we've taught in our seminars. I know this has been a little bit different in environment, but if you've been playing this three, four days ahead of the report, even if you're Kill. stuck in, yeah, yeah, you're killing it. Why take the risk through the report? I mean, maybe they'll get a, they'll get a B and you'll get a pop. If you are taking it to the report and you are long, then layer your offers out there. Like if someone wants to lift you a 175, let them lift you at 175. If they want to lift you at 180, Give them a lot more shares at 180 if they want to do that because it's just that 180 big, looks big. I yeah. I give them everything at 180. Yeah, yeah. Maybe start at 79, 79 and a quarter, 79 and a half, and then the big lot at 79.99. That's if you want to exit. I wouldn't say you know shorting that, but I mean this thing was at 108, right? Was that the yeah. low of the move? <laughs> what 108.13? So we'll see what happens. Anything can happen off that report. Expected move, just adding up the calls and the puts. So you had seven dollars, seven ten, six fifty. So what is that? Thirteen sixty, somewhere in there. About thirteen dollars and sixty cents is the expected move, which is about a nine percent move. So thirteen sixty, bring it right up to that one eighty. So if we're doing, you know, our CC mm-hmm. analysis here after the report, mm-hmm. that one eighty, which Good has this little double top, is a nice area to get the hell out. And obviously knocking 13 points off, this would bring you about 153. So if you're thinking it's going to move around the expected moves, that would be your bands. I'd say around 153 on the upper band, 180. So um, I like that 180 sale. So I think like 179, if this reports and it's like the algos get silly on the headline number, laying it out at 179 might not be a bad idea. 
All right, team, uh, we got to pay attention here. It's 825. We're about to get some 830 numbers. Retail sales will be coming in. Core retail big sales also. Day. So we don't uh, get just away pay from attention. numbers. Yeah, pay attention. This definitely could shake up, especially like the retail stocks, right? So pay attention to those kind of stocks. I know Best Buy was getting hit earlier today. Um, TJX, you know, reported. Stocks like that could definitely be moving on this. We'll just have to wait and see what the report comes out. Uh, estimates are for retail sales month over month. Estimate is a one. Core retail sales month over month is going to be more of one that we're going to pay attention to. Estimate at 0.4, prior 0.1. And there's also a lot of numbers coming out today at 10 a.m. So pay attention to those later today. You got the NAHB uh, housing market index. You got crude oil inventories. You got crushing crude oil inventories and industrial production also to set to be released. Um, so there's a lot on the economic table. And like always, what are these reports going to always kind of show us? Well, they show us, it, are, do we have a strong environment, right? Are we growing, contracting? Those are the kind of things you want to be sticking with right now. Because I feel like, you know, the bulls keep giving a little bit of ammo. We got some ammo yesterday with the PPI. And then, of yep. course, all the Russia news just completely took that uh, off the table. But I still think, you know, we're getting some bullish news in at least statistics. And that itself could be some ammo for this to be back into the bull camp. So I'll throw it to you guys. I wanted to ask the question, are you guys back in the bull camp? even after yesterday's, of course, uh, missile situation with Poland? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm in, I've, done, I've been in it. I'm going to stay there. I mean, we're in an inflection point. We're at a very big point here. We've consolidated. I'll pull up the S&Ps here. To me, it's a battle of 4,000. We've had a big run up. I know I, you know, I have that other line up there at 41.73. That was the high on the September CPI day. If this market, and I'm not just talking about closing over 4,000, I'm talking about making highs at a, at a you know, 4,030, uh, 4,040, and then building a base at 4,000. Right now, you have a double close at the high of the move, right at 4,000. It's a battle there. So I will, that, that's going to make me bullish or bearish is if we can make a big stand at 4,000. And right now, right now we're waffling. It, it, you really you can't say. We've had a couple days of uh, tight ranges. The lows yeah. are in the same area. Couldn't, couldn't hold the gains yesterday. I mean, you know, people, I mean, Dennis, I know you lightened up some uh, yesterday. There was definitely a, we're at a point where I think that, uh, some investors and traders are just more like they're sitting on some big profits and you get a 50, 60 point jump in the S and P off a of PPI number off one PPI number. They were out there selling and we were going down even before you had that missile strike. We were, the market was in a selling mode from the open yesterday. And then you had the news that accelerated it. So that's my stance. And Dennis, I, you could give yours. Uh, I'm still short term. I look at the top right chart, Joel, the one you're looking at there. It looks like a flag. It looks like we're consolidating and go higher. So as much as I've been saying I'd lighten up, I mean, when you look at that chart, I can see the room to 420. I'd sell. I'm like, if we go to 420, I'm going to be loading. I'm going to unload. I'll be 60% cash if we go to 420. But I'm starting to unload because I don't know what's going to, you know, just happen. And I don't know we're going to go there. All I know is, when we were down at the lows, I bought a few stocks. I'm selling those stocks. I sold my AMD. I bought down there. I bought Bank of Nova Scotia. I haven't sold that yet. But, you know, I bought six or seven that. stocks down you're there. Not, you're not selling I bought that. stocks earlier, too. Don't kid yourself. You know, I'm bag holding, too. Like I said, the Unity. And I ended up turning around and selling the Unity. So, I don't know. I'm just at a point where I'm reading the register on some stuff. But I haven't read the register on it all. Because I do see that the the I do see that we could go to 420. I do see some room to the upside. But some of those rallies and some of these stocks, like Caterpillar and stuff, it just feels like it's getting long in the tooth. Oh, hey Dennis, go wide here. 830. They don't like it. Bad retail. Oh, sorry. Did you get picked off? Uh, oh, retail yeah. sales. Bang, bang, bang. Pop, 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 pop. Bye, 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 bye. That's retail sales are not good. Mitch, give us retail sales at 1.3% versus that 1.0% uh, estimate there. That's for the month over month. Uh, there you guys see it. They're not liking it. That's for sure. Um, here you guys, I'll put it up as a banner here so you guys can get it. Utils, U.S. retail sales 
month over month here, 1.3% versus 1% estimate here. Let me look at some other numbers as they come in. Also, see what's also okay. maybe shaking. All right, I'll up. just uh, give you the skinny here. Uh, we didn't breach the pre-market low. Pre-market low comes down at thirty-nine eighty fifty. We just got got within a hair of that. We got to thirty-nine eighty-two point seven five. So what the bulls have to do here is they just need to. Uh, uh, Maintain that pre-market low. If you take out the pre-market low, that low from yesterday was, man, oh, man, oh, man. At 39.61, that'd be a nice target on the downside. I like to comment, uh, hot, hot, hot. And there it is. Retail sales, 1.3 versus 1.2. You got any more uh, details? Yeah, there's the core one, uh, core retail sales that was at 1.3 versus the 0.4 estimate there. Of course, that one excludes spending on automobiles, gasoline, building materials, and food services. Um, so not looking too bad there. Um, and at least uh, expanding, right? Not contracting. What we don't want to see here is some negatives. Uh, so that's not a bad area there, but we still see that little pullback there in the market. And I'm looking around to see what other could be hitting this on the downside. Um, but there's the export price index. I think that's just affecting us a little bit there. Still more contraction there. A little bit better than the estimate, negative uh, 0.3 versus negative 0.4. Right back up. Right um, back up. And th right there you guys up. see it. That's why I was a little confused from the numbers. There's a lot of times I'll try to be as, as straight with you guys is that it felt to me like that. At least the retail number wasn't bad. Maybe you're looking at this S so, export so, so. number that got a hit on the downside there, but that's how these algos have been lately. And it feels like there's a lot of these kind of wicks or tricks. You got orders out there like and that. it's dangerous because next thing you know, you're getting filled, 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 filled. And then it's opposite action that actually happens. We've Dennis, seen this a lot. All those pops. things you just, you just got hit on. <laughs> nice yeah, pop back. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get lucky. <laughs> like, bah, 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 bah. I'm like, okay, right, okay, this sucks. Oh, wait a second, it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dennis just revealed his most uh, deep secret strategy. Just leaving those orders out there. <laughs> Get picked <laughs> off by the dumb algos. It works sometimes. Yeah, the uh, dumb algos jumping in there. Um, and that's just how it goes, right? And I feel like the algos have been uh, lately. It seems like we get these quick reactions in an opposite direction, and then it doesn't just follow through. So the algo is definitely jumping the tape. That we've definitely seen in the last month. Now that the algos are jumping, jumping. Yep. Look at that. That four. I mean, you're getting the bounce here. You got the double close area at four thousand. I'm still going to stick with that mantra there. It's important for the market. Uh, to, to clear this area, not only clear it, but show a bid here. Uh, Dennis, to what you alluded to earlier, you know, there are money managers out there uh, for dips or anybody that had shorts on, use that opportunity. Uh, but this is uh, this is really This market is full on day. by the dip. This market is full on by the dip mode. We're V-bottoming. Like, that's what the market is saying. The market <laughs> is trying to tell us that, yeah, it's all going to be okay. It has fooled us before, though. I don't want to get fooled this time, but you know. And here we're just we're choppy. I mean, we could it just be saying though Q four Santa Claus rally? Could that be what it's saying here versus that it's a V bottom? Just Santa Claus rally, Q four rally. We can get a Santa Claus rally. Maybe we're due for a Santa Claus rally. I, yeah, I I mean, it, we set up okay. We set up to four twenty, not bad. We're the buy the dip mentality is there, which makes me not shorting stocks here. If we were at 420 right now, I wouldn't be just selling stocks. I'd be shorting stocks. But I'm at this point in time, I could see the arguments for the bulls. I could see the argument for the bears. I'm still trading market neutral, but I'm lightening up the portfolio just in case there's another rug pull. Just playing it safe. All right. We're going right. to scroll a minute early here. And, uh, you know, you guys, you guys don't pay to listen to what we have. Well, you guys don't pay at all. But you guys, you guys like the, <laughs> <laughs> you you guys like our guest. And I will say, uh, going back over the last couple of years, there's been one guest that's pretty spot on to the market. Uh, talked Dennis and I off the cliff during the the COVID. Uh, talked about thirty five hundred. 
I'm going to have to go out to Minnesota and figure out how he did that as the low of the boo has been 3,500. But this is Craig Johnson. Um, he's the managing director at Piper Sandler, uh, chief tech, head of the technical research group. Let's bring Craig on and uh, we can uh, get our ears ready. Craig, how you doing today? Good morning. Can you guys hear me? How was that for an intro? That's an How amazing was that an intro? intro. That was absolutely terrific. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we we're good. You, we're good. Right. We got you. So I want to throw in here, and I and I don't know if, yeah, and I, and someone's confirming this, that you've revised your S&P to the year to 3,900. Is, uh, is that correct? Because we're trading close correct. to 4,000. That is correct. So I was originally at, uh, I started out, I'll rewind all the way to the beginning to about a year ago. I started out thinking that we were going to be, you know, 5150. I lowered that in about May to about 4725 timeframe. And then about a month or so ago, I lowered that down to 3900, just because we're really running out of time. You know, you guys were talking about before I came on, you know, do we get a Santa Claus rally run into year end? But to see a move to 47.75 by year end, we were just purely running out of time. So I just kind of marked at the market in thinking about what is realistic. And at this point in time, as I look at this market today, there's a couple big trends and themes that I see sort of playing out in here that we need to talk about. Number one, we got to talk about the downtrend resistance line on the S&P 500. Uh, coming off of the January highs and the fact that we're coming right back to that 200-day moving average. As uh, a good friend of mine, Sam Stovall, would tell me, this is like a rusty door. It's going to take a couple pushes before we ultimately break through this. But I would tell you that it's quite opti- I'm quite optimistic that when I look at things like the Dow at this point in time, we've already reversed this downtrend. We've already moved back above the 200-day moving average. And if your listeners um, haven't seen this yet, we literally right now have a growing number of individual uh, S&P ETFs that have already closed back above their 200-day moving averages, and in some cases, reverse downtrends. I mean, if you look at the XLI, you look at XLB, you look at XLE, even XLP has done it just uh, briefly. And uh, you're, you're continuing to see... Uh, a lot of these ETFs now breaking back above it. In fact, you've got six out of the uh, 11 ETFs that have sector ETFs that have already broken back above their 200-day moving average. Guys, I got to tell you, that's that's bullish, not bearish. Craig, what about stocks like Caterpillar? And I know I don't want to pick on you. Don't have to pick on specific stocks, but I'm just going to give you some examples. Goldman Sachs. I mean, there are stocks, a lot of stocks that are approaching their all-time highs. Are we in this environment where Caterpillar is just your earnings is going to just grow, grow, grow now going forward here? Or is this recent rally just multiple expansion again on value stocks? Well, uh, Nancy Lazar, who works on our economics team, uh, she's got a very solid uh, theme of reshoring or onshoring. And I think that we're going to see these industrials probably do better and I think a lot of people are expecting because we're going to be bringing a lot of this uh, manufacturing that had been pushed out to, to the APAC region coming back home. And there's going to be a need for a lot of factories to get built. Think about Flextronic. Think about uh, uh, those kind of companies that are going to actually do the manufacturing of all these electronic goods. And I think you're going to see companies like Caterpillar and uh, a lot of these industrial names be at the forefront of this. And um, I love her phrase. She says that uh, uh, the Midwest is kind of the new sort of emerging growth market at this point in time, because that's where a lot of the jobs are. That's where a lot of this manufacturing is going to take place. So your question on Caterpillar, it's breaking out the new highs. And I think that's a sign of this reshoring trend really starting to take hold. All right. Mitch, everybody's on mute here. here. Everybody's on mute. The uncomfortable <laughs> silence. I'll come in there. Mitch, Mitch had a question, but he was trying and he was on mute there. So, Mitch, <laughs> money, Mitch, what are we going to ask? All right, Craig. Now, of course, uh, like Dennis is bringing up here, some value names and some growth names. Of course, what I feel like we're more along seeing is just we haven't really gotten 
negative catalyst now that we're getting the CPI to come in light. I feel like the bulls really truly have a little bit of ammo to really start pushing that the Fed can start changing their thinking. I feel like before that CPI report, there was only talk. And now there was actually statistical advantage that they have a little bit of ammo to say that, yes, we are seeing inflation truly coming down and the pace of interest rates are slowing down. Is this could be why we're seeing the rally? Are people just trying to front run this action? Yeah, I guess I'd put it into a phrase and saying before for the market, it was like we're trying to drop it like it's hot. And now we got the opposite happening, right? Not so hot is actually good for the market. And I think at this point in time, we're entering this period where we're starting to see this inflationary narrative, peak narrative coming into play. And we are seeing not only from the CPI last week, but the PPI uh, yesterday, that things are slowing. Now, we have not really seen a huge slowdown in the economy quite yet. Consumers are still spending whether that's coming from savings or whether that's becoming from credit cards, like some people are discussing at this point in time, the economy is still doing well. And we really haven't seen the full impact of all these Fed rate hikes uh, having a major impact upon the economy and consumers quite yet. I think that's still yet to come. But for now, the narrative of peak inflation can probably carry this market higher from here to year end. And I think that's probably a trade that can pick up steam on any sort of reversal of that downtrend off of those January highs and even a close above the 200-day moving average on the S&P 500. Then why are you sticking with the, the 3,900 target? Because we got like 30 and change trading days left in the year. And if I'm going to go change a target for 30 trading days, uh, institutionally, that just seems kind of like silliness. Okay. So okay. when we put out our December publication, which will be uh in the next few weeks we'll then establish a new price objective for 2023 but the change it for a couple of weeks kind of doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense to me i think joel's get... gonna ask why didn't you go like 4200 or 4300 because 3900 means like you're actually bearish are you not like it's means you're thinking it's going to go down from here well, keep in mind when I made that change a month or so ago. 3,700. Oh. Right? Okay, you're at 3,700 when you made it. Yeah, okay. I mean, people were looking at me like, you really think we're going to go up like high single digits between now and year end? And it's like everybody thought the world was coming to an end. And uh, I went back and okay. I looked at the charts and I looked at everything and I said, you know, 3,900 from here to year end seems pretty good. And since then, the new evidence that's coming to the market technically at this point in time is really the broadening out of the breadth of this market. I mean, it's no longer just about the FANG stocks at this point in time. We're starting to see industrials working. We're starting to see um, the financial stocks picking up, healthcare is picking up. There's a lot of stocks. And again, as I said earlier, I got six out of the 11 sectors for the S&P you know, spiders that have already closed back above a 200-day moving average. The, the evidence of this market to go higher is building. And any sort of close above, the, again, the downtrend resistance line, if I had to sort of kind of set an objective out there unofficially, you got to go look at maybe 43.25 as sort of a level that you could get to on any sort of Santa Claus rally. Now, that's not an official price target. That's just the next big resistance level once you reverse that downtrend. Do you think your year your end target for uh, twenty three is going to be higher or lower than the current level? If you, I mean, you could pass on that one too if you want. No, I I honestly have not sat down and worked my methodology yet that I've used for the last you know ten to fifteen years. Um, it's a price based model, um, and I haven't I haven't not done the work yet, so I really can't give you a target. Okay. Yet. What and, one follow up, and then I'll. But it's a reason for you to have me back on the show, though, right? Oh, then we love having you on the show. So <laughs> um, I was, I've been talking uh, offline with your your, your colleague, uh, uh, Gene Munster, and um, he is still very – I mean, earnings are still kind of slated to go up slightly for, for 2023, right? Correctly, mm -hmm. even in this environment. Um, but I, he's more concerned about, like, the second half of 23, and that's when, like, everyone's looking for the re an imminent recession, right? That's going to happen now. 
Um, he has more concerns for 2023. And, you know, that's when you're going to start to see the serious adjustment in the estimates. And we're also already trading at a really high PE. I just wanted to see what, you know, the recession, non-recession talk for 2000, because it's not going to happen in 2022 unless you go by the barometers of, you know, two negative GDPs in a row. What's your outlook? So let's put it together in a, in this way, right? So if we look at the S&P 500, just looking at consensus, and then I'll tell you where our eco team is at at this point in time. But if I look at the consensus numbers for 2023, over the last 90 days, they have declined 4.16%. Over the last uh, 30 days, they've declined just about 3%. And if I look at the overall growth rate, and uh, the, you know, right now for 2023, it's around 6.5% growth. 23 over 2022. And if you put that into a multiple basis, you're literally talking about a 17 multiple or 16.9 to be precise for 2023 at this point in time. Now, yeah, the numbers are declining and Nancy and also uh, uh, Michael Kantowitz from our economics team and, and fundamental strategy team, they think those earnings numbers are going to decline meaningfully. They've got numbers around one hundred and ninety dollars for for next uh, for twenty twenty three, and to put that to where the street is at at this point in time, you're still talking about two hundred and thirty six dollars in earnings. So they're still looking for at this point in time about a twenty percent decline in those earnings numbers. Now that being said, that sounds terrible. I understand Gene's concerns for what twenty twenty three looks like, but. For any of us that's looked at the market for a long time, and Gene certainly has, because Gene and I went to high school together, believe it or no not. No way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Still got fond memories of uh, Gene throwing through the Edina High School hallways, you know. Um, he was uh, he was the man then, and he's even more of a stud <laughs> now. So uh, we love Gene. Uh, but I guess what I would say in terms of the market itself, coming back to this, if we're going to see the earnings numbers come down to this degree, then I would expect to see the multiple to – probably expand right because when you think about what historically happens when earnings sort of hit a peak you tend to see multiples contract and vice versa in cyclical type environments and i think that's what we'll probably see again even though the earnings may come down you may not see the multiple uh actually contract or stay flat where it's at it may actually go up because people are always looking ahead in trying to discount peak and trough earnings estimates. Yeah. All right. Now, one area, definitely I'm trying to figure out what is the best sector, right? So I'll just bring up a chart here that I have. Uh, you got the XLV on the top, healthcare, technology, energy, and then financials. Which area would you like towards the end of the year? Well, I think from here to year end, you're going to see, you know, continued performance in, uh, the, uh, the XLE, I think you're going okay. to see that continue to be a, a move. The earnings numbers are going to be very, uh, I think, good. We're also going to be moving into winter. Clearly, when I look outside right now, winter has arrived, given the fact that it's now snowed in Minneapolis for about three days in a row. Oh. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, uh, no more mowing the yard. So my wife is probably happy there's more, more time on the weekends. But um, I would say the XLE probably does well. I would also add to your chart there, though, the XLI. Yeah. All um, right. Another one that I would add into this. The industrials are working. And I think from a trading yeah. perspective, Republicans win, Democrats win. Either way, there's going to be more spending on military, period. And that's where when you look at a Lockheed Martin or a Northrop Grumman or uh, General Dynamics or some of these or Raytheon or some of these companies, a lot of those charts still look very strong and still look very constructive on an absolute and a relative basis. And uh, those would be areas that I think traders could focus on that are outside of the continually declining FANG stocks. I mean, if you pull up a chart of Alphabet or you pull up a chart of Microsoft or even Apple to a degree, they sort of lost their luster to a degree. And from my perspective, I'm starting to think about talking about this market, thinking about talking about, interesting way to phrase it, but um, how do we think about this market X tech? And the last time that I talked about this market X tech was hmm. coming off of the bubble, uh, the tech bubble in the 2000 period of time. Because when you got down into 2002, three, four, everybody was saying tech is never coming back. 
And for a long time, it was other parts of the market that were working. And what drove a lot of that was just money coming out of a highly concentrated handful of stocks. Sound very familiar to where we are now. And I think that's, again, happening. And I was uh, reminded last night by, by our new associate on our team, Scott, that, uh, you know, we're still about 20% of the market is still uh, some uh, is still the FANG stocks at this point. Yeah. In time when you think about the S&P 500, that's huge. There's more money to come out of some of those names. And that's going to then broaden out this market. Speaking of tech, uh, what a, uh, uh, Jay's asking, what do you think about all the layoffs at these tech companies? Amazon, Twitter, Meta, you see that coming out of them. Now, you know, one thing that really can uh, point to a recession uh, would be, you know, a, a rising uh, unemployment rate. What, what's, your, what's your take on the uh, tech layoffs? I, I guess what were they doing before? I mean, we're laying off that many people and it doesn't seem like uh, uh, they had uh, tasks or roles that were uh, particularly all that meaningful. I suspect that uh, uh, back then they were trying to, uh, they had all these people employed, not sure what they what their roles ultimately were, but given the profit margins and stuff, this was certainly a way for them to not show as high of a margins as they had before. And now that they're finally seeing some pressure to their overall business lines and they want to maintain those margins, I'm not surprised you're getting some of those layoffs. But there's a lot of opportunities for these people to get jobs. The job market still looks fairly strong. There's a lot of service openings. I don't know about you, but everywhere I run around Minneapolis or some of my most yeah, recent marketing trips, there's help wanted signs everywhere. I think these people will be easily absorbed into the economy. And I think this is going to sort of answer a question of, you know, where are we going to get the people to work these manufacturing jobs? Where are we going to get these people to ultimately work some of the service jobs? Perhaps they're going to come out of some of these tech companies that have perhaps overhired. One, one thing about this argument about obviously going from, you know, some of these social media companies like Meta to manufacturing jobs is the salary cuts are going to have to take. Because I had a friend, I have a friend that just got laid off from Meta. Do you know what their salary was, Craig? Advertising department. Guess how much they make. It's Canadian. Well, if they were probably uh, located on the East Coast or West Coast. Where the well, in Canada. So Toronto. Ah, uh, Toronto. Two, two, so 275000 a year. Yep. 275000 a year. There's no manufacturing job paying 275000 a year. So I, there is I going agree. to be a little bit of pain for some of these layoffs. Obviously, there's not a lot of people making 275000 But all I'm trying to say is uh, uh, some of these social media company layoffs are serious layoffs where these people were really living the high life. And some of these salaries, that they're the lifestyles that they were used to living are going to have to significantly change because I don't think they're going to just go find another $270,000 job. No, no, they're not. But if you also think about perhaps the value add in some of the roles that they had previously, the value add was probably uh, bloated. It was probably higher than uh, the value add wasn't there for the comp package. That no, for had. sure. We, well, the TikTok video. Did you see the TikTok video, Craig, of the girls, her, her day at Meta? I don't know if you saw that. It was going around about three weeks ago. It's kind of when the layoffs started. Posted, uh, like, I, and I think it was real. Posted the day at Meta. And it starts with, you know... It's like a two-minute video, and it starts. Oh, I, you know, get there and have, you know, I go to Starbucks, then I go to the gym for an hour, and then I have a meeting, and then I go for a two-hour lunch, and then I go this, and I'm like, you think this person, this person is making two hundred thousand a year? This is the person that is getting slapped. So there is actually an argument to be made that if they cut that meat out of there, maybe a stock like Meta, you know, which is already a value stock, could even make more money. I wouldn't call it meat that you're cutting out. I'm call. I would call that fat. fat. Yeah. Fat, sorry, fat, yeah. yeah. One more, Craig, before I let you go. Bitcoin. Sure. I mean, let's talk about FTX, right? Because I was anticipating that you were going to ask me this question because you know my uh, my hobbies that I've got in terms of crypto mining and heating my house and doing those kind of things. Um, I look at what happened with FTX, and it's a shame. Number one, it's going to sh- sh- uh, sort of shake the confidence of the so 20 to 40 year olds that have been involved in the cryptocurrency space over time. The other thing is it's going to bring in rules, regulations from the government. Arguably, they should have already been there at this point in time, given the size of the market. But to think that Sam, you know, Friedman, Bank Friedman was able to uh, 
create the size of losses that he has created and also to use customer funds the way that he used customer funds is absolutely egregious. And uh, there's going to be some investigation. I'm sure there's going to be some great movies that are going to come out of this. But at the end of the day, um, this to me is sort of a watershed event for the crypto space. And when you think about the peak, the trough, and the sort of cycles that have gone through crypto, this isn't the first exchange failure that's taken place. And I think investors need to keep that in mind. And if you're going to play in crypto, consider keeping your own keys in your own wallet. That's one way to do it. Or play with an exchange like Coinbase or others that have been around. They have no leverage and they are very well uh, you know, capitalized. These are all things we got to take into consideration. But in terms of crypto, I haven't lost faith, faith in the crypto side of things. I'm not a Bitcoin buyer. I'm more of a Litecoin buyer, Algorand buyer and some of those. But I do think that the crypto space is not going away. But we are going to get more regulation. And then we're going to see more of the hedge fund folks that have wanted to trade in this space start to trade in here. Um, you know, Citadel is a great example that we'll probably be doing more in this space as the rules and regulations. I mean, Ken Griffith has always said that they'll trade anything as long as they know the rules of the road. And those rules are going to get laid out here, I think, pretty quickly. I think they're. I think the hedge funds are in there, and I think they're in there short. But uh, anyways, Craig Sandler, he's a managing director and chief market technician at Piper Sandler. Thank you so much for joining us. Great information. We'll be getting you on early in 2023. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. CCL. We haven't done that yet. The old right. dilution trick. Let's do our CCL. All right, Carnival announcing a private offering of one billion of convertible senior notes due in 2027. The company plans to use the offering as a part of its 2024 refinancing plan. Here's the problem again. What we said yesterday, yesterday on this show, we were talking about some of these, you know, junk stocks, some of these companies that are burning cash, rallying. When they have significant rallies, the companies use those opportunities to raise capital. And here, you know, you're thinking, yeah, CCL, $6 to $11. We're going back to 20 or 30. Here's the problem is that these companies are still not doing that well. They're still burning cash as a pile of debt there. And they use the opportunity of the stock price going up to raise more capital. So this isn't just a DNA did the same thing yesterday. So you're going to start to see as stock prices rally, that some of these ones that are beaten down, we're not talking to Caterpillars, they don't need to raise cash, but the beaten down, you know, darlings of 2020, 2021 that are burning cash, they raise cash on, on the rallies. So you get the stock offering shoved down your throat. So, I mean, CCL was looking good yesterday. Well, boom, there's a nice 13% fall, giving back a, a significant portion of the rally. So I, it, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, I, I still struggle. And I know Craig, you know, came on and said a lot of good things and making some good points, even though I Caterpillar, fantastic point. But I still struggle to just think we're V-bottoming and everything's going back to business as usual next year. I struggle to find that path when I'm logically thinking about it. When I think about CCL and I think about, I mean, they they did some financing <clears throat> a long time ago at some pretty good levels. And now they're, you know, they're, you know, they're refinancing. They're not going to be getting the same kind of rates that they did before. So I, you know, uh, but obviously hit eleven feet. I didn't even took my eye off this. I hope uh, a couple people in the pre market prep plus chat uh, had this. I hope they rang the register. Uh, nine sixty all the way back down here at nine sixty. See if you can catch. I think we just lost Joel. In any, yeah. in anyhow, I'm shorting Comcast. Just joking, but he's <laughs> <laughs> struggling with that internet. They've they, so Joel was telling me about it yesterday. They're doing a whole bunch of upgrades on the road. Comcast and his internet's been up and down ever since. So I mean, yeah, it's, so so anyways, just, it looks appears like we lost Joel mid sentence there. He looks cute though. It's a good freeze, you know, on the right? picture. So it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst freeze there. Uh, it's been worse before. Uh, I'll take his chart down and take him down. I'm sure he'll be back in a second. <laughs> he was second. just gonna get to the meat, but yeah. I'll go. I'll I'll try to get the meat for him or the fat, whatever you want to call it there, Craig, with a good point there too. Um, <laughs> we're really choppy here today. I don't know if this market knows what it wants to do at this point in time. We've had a good run. We're at the crossroads. Are we consolidating to go higher? It's possible. Seasonality sets up actually well. 
I mean, we're coming out of earnings season, so we're not likely to get a lot of tape bombs happening here. I mean, the target is a tape bomb for sure, but we knew that was coming. NVIDIA is going to be a big print tonight. But we get past this week, you got some retailers reporting, but we're getting towards the end of earnings season. So we got through it. And the market actually rallied through it, and that's a good thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if you got room to 420 on the S&P. As much as I've talked bearish overall and taking chips off the table, it's hard to be full-on bear here when the market keeps finding silver lining. But I'm not jumping in and loading up my long-term portfolio and saying, yeah, yeah, back to you know back to all-time highs next year. I think it's going to be rough roads ahead, but I do see the potential for another 5 to 6% higher from here. Yeah, my biggest concern here is I'm also keeping on watch what's going on in Bitcoin. It seems like yesterday in the middle of the day when we got the news of BlockFi, we started getting hit. And then 20 minutes later, we got the Poland news, which didn't make things better. I was live as this was happening. So that's how I know that it's like that close in timing. And I could see the price action as soon as the Bitcoin thing started coming into play. Boom. And I started looking at Bitcoin. Is it Bitcoin? Right. Because I was going to see if Bitcoin was dropping fast. And then you saw it. Bitcoin starts dropping fast. Then I get the Poland news and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is too much negative now. The market can't hold this. And it started coming down fast. But as you can see, we're right back to the wall of worrying. We're climbing right back. And I think that this shows me a little bit more that the market wants to go up. But Bitcoin concerns, uncertainties course, risk asset are causing some concerns in the market. I think that overall, the actual market itself, stocks, if we're just talking equities, seems like the path of least resistance still to the upside right here. But of course, if Bitcoin gets dragged down, well, you can't just keep ripping, right? And so I'm keeping a close eye on what's going on in Bitcoin today. I'm keeping a close eye on what's going on in the Russian situation. If we get any news, that's not what we got this morning. This morning, we did get a report from Poland's president saying that it was a Ukrainian air defense missile. And there's no evidence to suggest that the incident was an intentional attack by Russia. So unless that changes, I'm going to stay in the green light, guys. That's good news. I mean, obviously, no one else is going on out there. But... but Definitely. It's 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 tough. It's tough there. Um, and I think yesterday when I heard that Russian news, I kept asking myself, what are some catalysts that could bring us down? Well, of course, high intentions in the war would definitely bring us down. If, you know, Poland got attacked by Russia, well, I would be taking everything off the table for the fourth quarter rally. Now we got confirmation that that isn't what happened yesterday. So I'm still in the bull camp. Now, the only thing that can really kind of change me here is if Bitcoin just keeps coming down because of the kind of exposures that keep coming out to FTX. And we could still hear more exposure, right? Like I know that Joel kind of mentioned it tongue in cheek, but really he's really kind of concerned about hedge funds having some exposure also to FTX and what could come out after that. So we'll see what happens here right now. Bullish camp, Q4 maybe rally here, but of course... We need to continue to watch and oil markets are going to be definitely volatile today. So keep your eyes on that as we get a lot of numbers at 10 a.m. What we will set you be up watching? Okay. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. We set up okay here in the year end in the Santa Claus rally. We're through earnings season. Not a lot of tape bombs to come. Bitcoin's a wild card. Obviously, the Ukraine-Russia situation is always a wild card as well as we saw yesterday. But for the most part, I can see a path where the market can silver line this thing to 420. After that, it gets really tough. And I tell you, if we get to 420, I'll have a lot more cash in my long-term portfolio. So lightening up a bit here, going to continue to lighten up as we have rallies. At 420, I'm like, it's yours, man. Yeah, I mean, we're still extended away from the nine. I never like when we get too extended. It's hard to stay extended away. We get a little bit too extended. But the 200 moving average has also been a good topping area for the market lately. So that's that purple line that you see here. It ran into it in August, then quickly turned around. That's around 406. So what I is definitely, that line? That's 406.38. And that's the purple no, no, line. No, no, what's that's the line? I didn't hear 200 what the day, line SMA. That's the 200 day. 200 day and a lot of people have the 200 day it's not like it's just a few gotta respect Um, it and definitely that can be an area where i could see it running to 406.38 so that's the first kind of area that i see it running into and then there's this high that we run into on the september 12th which is a high of 411.73 somewhere in that area i see us running into but of course that's not much higher and i think that's what dennis also brings up because 
we're talking about what, 2% more in the SPY, maybe 3 4% more. Is that enough to really be chasing this rally? That's where I would be a little bit careful. And that's where I think Dennis also draws the line a little bit about being a little bit risk adverse here. Because as we go higher, we still leave more room for that quick whoosh right back down. This is it. I mean, when we were sitting on the lows a month ago, it's like a lot of bad news is priced in. Well, that is story is gone. The bad news is not really on a lot of these stocks priced in now at all, as you saw with Target today. So the the the, the theory and the, and the theme that all the bad news is priced in is gone because we've had a significant rally. So I've got to look here and start reanalyzing again. And where do we go from here? If you're buying the targets, well, obviously the targets a different story today, but yesterday at 180, or if you're buying, you know, all the all the other cyclical names that are sitting energy is at all time highs, you're saying that you know this recession is not going to happen, and this market is going to be bottom, and we're going to go back to business as usual as like 2020 again. I don't think that's the case. That's why I start to lighten up stocks. But my short-term binoculars, same as yours, Mitch. I mean, we got a little bit of room to the upside. We set up well for seasonality here. I respect seasonality. I've been a prop trader, you know, it's 22 years prop. So seasonality is a big portion, you know, of what, you know, we trade. And we know November, December is this tip historically a strong couple of months for stocks with no earnings scheduled. You know, are they going to drop the tape bombs before the new year? Maybe not. Maybe they're going to come to January and start dropping the tape bombs. So I think you've got to respect the bull thesis here. As much as I want to be a bear, I've got to respect the bull thesis. Same thing I was saying 30 handles ago. I'm like, I want to be a bear, but I got to respect the bull thesis. There's still a bull thesis here. And that seasonality sets well. We're through earnings season. And we just got a tick down in inflation. There's room to 420. Yeah, and uh, I think a uh, big stock today, we'll be watching the price action in NVIDIA, of course, earnings after the bell. I think that's going to shake up a lot of the markets that we'll be talking about tomorrow, but we'll wait and see. Like always, you guys can follow Dennis Dick at Triple D Trader on Twitter. Give him the follow. He loves to give some comments that definitely wild change up that Twitter game. Everyone goes wild on, on Dennis's Twitter. So if you haven't had him before, definitely go ahead and add him. He does Give Thank some you. great insight during the markets. Have a good one, Dennis. Take care. See you guys. All right. Now I'm going to get you over to the boot camp. Yes, we got a boot camp today. We're going to have some live trading action, followed by a couple of chapters, of course, of some great education. So you newer traders, there's a lot of times where you can get education, but what do you got to do? Well, I'll tell you what you got to do. You got to pay up a lot of the times. You got to pay up for the education. Well, right here on Benzinga, Usually once a month, we give you an education value back to you guys. And that's the boot camp, really, where you guys can learn from traders that are doing this right now. And of course, full-time traders, traders that know the strategies, that know different areas of the markets. So if you want to learn and get some things for free, of course, well, stick right here. You don't want to go anywhere. You want to go ahead and check out the boot camp that's coming up. We're going to start with some live trading action. So our live traders come over, come hang out with us, and then take us take a step back. You know, grab some paper, grab a pen, or maybe you're more of the digital type of person, and let's take some notes. Let's see what we can learn today in the markets. And if you have questions, guess what? This is the place where you can ask them. Where else are you getting education? That's one free. Two, where you get to ask a question. And three, also has a little bit of live training for some great entertainment and learning about process. None other than right here on Benzinga. So come over, team. When's the boot camp? It's right now, okay, chat? You don't got to go anywhere. This will redirect you right over. Let's get right to some live trading action and a little bit of learning. Let's see what our skills can up today. And I'll see you guys over Let's see who can make it over here. We got 1,242 of you. I want to see who wants to learn, who wants to get better. Come over to the boot camp.